stuff, kid. All I gotta say is Portland can't say shit. Welcome to Sounder Scuttlebutt. I am uh, your host, Aaron Lingley, and with me, not in the same city, but with me, as always, is your El Presidente, Cameron Collins. How you doing, Cameron? What? You update us on your health? Is up. I'm doing pretty well. I'm still COVID positive, but um, my quarantine time is almost over, so I imagine that'll end soon. Um, and I'm feeling uh, pretty healthy. Still a tiny, tiny bit sick, but right now it's just like a, a little, a little cold and tummy ache. Nothing, nothing too bad. It, it was pretty bad a few days ago. So, um, I of course traveled with not with the team, but uh, alongside the team, I guess I'll say, on a different airplane to Nashville and then to Chicago. Uh, saw that Nashville loss and uh, didn't get to see the uh, loss here in Chicago because I was stuck in this pretty big hotel room actually that's i'd say it's about the size of the apartment i had on uh uh beacon hill right before the current one that i have the townhouse i'm in now so uh no kitchen but otherwise like a big space i don't feel claustrophobic but i do miss going outside (laughs) yeah well i'm glad you're feeling you're feeling better and good enough to get a deep dish today so yeah yeah it's it's been a rough rough uh few days you know you went through it a a few weeks ago um it's just you know it's frustrating i wear my mask as much as possible the only time i wasn't wearing it was when i was eating uh and then uh in the stands at the game at nashville so uh i was sitting next to some nashville people who were sounders fans i wonder if they gave it to me regardless doesn't really matter i suppose i got to uh have a beautiful view of chicago out my window and that's my trip to chicago (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it sucks you're going to go to Wrigley too, weren't you? Yeah, I've never been. Uh, still never been. So I was really excited. I've walked around the outside. I was going to go to a game uh, against the Mets, and it was going to be super fun. And um, it, just, it didn't work out this time. So uh, I'll have to come back, do it again. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, I may not go to Tennessee again in my life because that's the place that gave me COVID. All right. Well, bad trip for you and bad trip for the Sounders, as we know. Yeah, um, I, I wish I had found out that I had COVID a couple of days earlier because I could have driven back to Seattle with Steph. Because uh, Steph Fry got COVID, which is why he isn't playing. And he oh, actually really? had to drive home from Nashville. So <laughs> I didn't know that details. I knew he was it was you know health and safety protocols, but he drove... Yeah, so they, they mentioned that he had the long way home. So, uh, yeah, he drove cross country. So that it's too bad. Although I was sick, so they wouldn't want to put us together. But if I had just tested positive and hadn't been sick, that would have been kind of cool to catch a ride with Steph all the way back to Seattle. The COVID bros. Yeah, yeah. that would have been an awesome podcast to record <laughs> <laughs> on the road with Steph and Fry. Yeah, Check man. Out this big rubber band ball. <laughs> so how how are you doing? Is everything okay with the wife? I noticed you're in the garage and not inside the house. Have you been uh, <laughs> been kicked out? 
Um, I kicked myself out for, for this recording. We have two special uh, guest interviews uh, for this episode. We recorded with Jackson Feltz, our buddy of uh, Sports KJR, and Dan Boniface of uh, The18.com, and a good buddy of yours as well, lifetime buddy. But I wanted to ensure, because our two-and-a-half-year-old has been pretty ornery about going going to bed and actually falling asleep and i think i've mentioned a few episodes uh that my office our office i should say my wife actually works out of it but i record in it is a across the hall from mm-hmm. our daughter's bedroom door and so uh i figured let's not get any interruptions yeah. let's have a, a good couple sets of recordings and i will lock myself in the garage but i i do think i'm on a new not a new mic setup, but what I, my headphones that I use for editing and, and, and both video and, and our podcast and, and whatnot is a nice set of headphones. Mm. And I found the mic adapter and sound card adapter. And I, as our listeners probably do know, there's been kind of some fluctuations of audio quality, um, probably on, on my part, but I had my equipment is actually like five years old. Then I probably just need to kind of refresh, right? So maybe we'll see when I'm done editing, but everything seems to sound pretty good. Um, not the highest quality, but these are like $400 headphones. So should yeah. be good. And I've got a. So maybe it's a benefit. I've got a nice brand new mic that uh, I planned on using for the show, but it uh, did not decide to. Uh, well, basically, I don't have headphones to plug in and listen, so I wouldn't be able to hear anything. So. We're going the old-fashioned way, just <laughs> old-fashioned way through the phone slash tablet. So, uh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm not kicked out. Good, good. That's good to hear. So, it's been a rough go of it for the uh, Sounders Mariners, doing really fun. You know, we've oh, got yeah. uh, Ballard FC in the playoffs coming up here. What's what's on your mind? What's the the scuttlebutt, as it were? Well, local scuttlebutt is I can't take my eyes off the Mariners. Uh, no spoilers. The All-Star game ended about like an hour or two ago while we were starting our recording. So I want to watch that when we're done while I edit. But, yeah, but you uh, watched, did watch, I watched the Home Run Derby. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. That was <laughs> Julio. I'm, I mean, I'm really sad he didn't win it, but still. Suspect good. 439. Yeah, still. To get that extra, that extra 30 seconds. Still. But. I mean, he was going to get beat regardless. Like Soto would have pulled those out. Yeah, but, um, I mean, without the eighty-one home runs, he was the star of the show. Um, right, really proud of him. I'm really excited. So he can win it next year. Baseball standpoint, that that's the key. And plus, he you know he's competitive, so he's going to come back swinging, as they say. Uh, so yeah, that's been it's just fun to be a Mariner fan. Been a Mariner fan my my entire life. It's probably the team that. I've been able to consistently watch, watch, um, referring to the, the Sonics, right? Can't watch them anymore. But since I could follow sports, right? I played little league baseball. I had the the Griffey elbow out, doing little shaky shake, you know. So I was called A Ron in, <laughs> in little league, um, obviously A Rod. So I told the story this, on this uh, a podcast about meeting A Ron, right? If you did, I forgot. Uh, that that we were, we were in the bathroom together. Did I tell this story? I feel like I remember that, but okay, I also so, have a terrible memory. So I'll tell it again. If you've heard it before, sorry, you're gonna hear it again because uh, Aaron doesn't doesn't remember. But I was down at uh, Planet Hollywood. Do you remember that old Planet Hollywood they had in downtown Seattle? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 
that was always a fun place. In fact, uh, I think it was like my senior year of high school, a friend's mom got us a limo for his birthday and a bunch of us got out and said Demi Moore and uh, Bruce Willis were coming. And then my friend pulled up with a camera inside at the, uh, and Dan, who's on the show later, I'm pretty sure he was with us, pull up in a limo and they think Bruce Willis and Demi Moore are going to pop out. And it's just a bunch of us that pop out instead. And they had like <laughs> the red carpet out and everything. But uh, a different time, oh, a different time I was at uh, Planet Hollywood and I decided to go to the restroom. And I go in and, and there's only two urinals and I'm using the one on the left. And Alex Rodriguez of Seattle Mariners fame at the time is using the one on the right. And, you know, um, you know, uh, listeners uh, who don't urinate in um, urinals might not understand this, but generally you like step away and then zip up. I don't know why. That's just kind of how it works sometimes. Uh, and I do that. I like I'm zipping up as I step backwards because you can't go right or left. And all of a sudden, Alex gets slapped on the butt and he turns around and looks at me. Like I slapped Alex Rodriguez on the butt and I put my hands up and I'm like, no, 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 no. That was was not me. Jesse Barfield, who was the Mariners hitting coach at the time, had walked in the door to the bathroom and slapped Alex on the butt cheek as he walked past him. And because it was on the, the, the side that I was on, Alex thought I had grabbed his butt and I did not. It wasn't me. It was Jesse Barfield. I were you fully at, zipped? Yes. I oh, okay, at, I thought you were leading somewhere else that you no. put your hands up, you stepped away, you weren't zipped yet, <laughs> no, and you no, slapped him in the air. <laughs> I had zipped, uh, but I pointed at Jesse Barfield, and then Alex saw it wasn't me, and it was all okay with me, but he was mad at Jesse Barfield. So that was the time Alex Rodriguez thought I grabbed his butt at a urinal. That is a story you did not tell, that you've not, you have not said that story. Yeah, um, it's a pretty crazy story. That bad. Pretty crazy story that... Uh, that to have a baseball superstar think you're really grabbing their butt while they're peeing. With your penis almost out. Um, okay. I don't think they're going to uh, like it. Where did we, how, did, how did we get to that? Oh, me liking uh, the Mariners my whole life. Yeah, so uh, this is pretty exciting stuff. Uh, obviously, we are on, in the playoff contention, unlike the Sounders. Yeah. Uh, so it would be, it'd be weird if, if the, the streak ends for the Sounders. Knock on wood, that does not happen. And the streak ends for the Mariners in the yeah. same year. So, yeah. Um, but but here's the thing: is uh, with a big win against Colorado this weekend, the Mariners Mariners forget about them. The Sounders are right back in playoff contention. Uh, I think they would move in, you know, barring what happens, LA Galaxy. Uh, mm-hmm. But they would move into that uh, seventh and final playoff spot with a win. So it's not. Let's not talk like the sky is falling. Although I kind of nah, feel we're like close. it is. We're still. We still have a chance to win this. A couple episodes ago, we said this was the greatest team that we've ever had. So <laughs> we didn't just say it; I put that as the title. Um, the, no, the greatest team MLS has ever had. Or uh, yeah, so may, maybe I jinxed us for a little bit. But this team's—it's too good, too much pedigree, too much experience to to not make the playoffs. We are in the peloton, so to speak, middle of the pack, uh, right near it. So I mean. It, we get into it with, with Dan um, regarding the Colorado match um, and obviously with Jackson regarding the last three matches. So we won't get too much into that, but uh, going around the league a little bit, um, Wayne Rooney. Yeah. Back on the news. He got, he got signed as the, the manager of DC United. I must thing, I guess. Given him a lot of money considering he agreed to do it the day after they lost what eight, nothing. 
Yeah, so, was it? I was. I'm not following them. Yeah, but I didn't. Yeah, they had lost eight shit. nothing, and then he the next day he agreed in in principle to doing it. <laughs> he was at the game. I think. He's like, I need to fix this. I guess I'm the only one. <laughs> oh. Uh, before, uh, by the way, you're going to hear a, a pop. You shouldn't be drinking beer. No, I'm not drinking. alcohol, right? No. Yeah, but I, I am. Yeah, I you definitely should. Uh, while you're popping that, uh, I will <sighs> mention the very sad news uh, that Brad Smith tore his ACL uh, and, and is out for the season. So uh, that's uh, he was in D.C. It's kind of a bummer. Probably would have been really cool for him to be coached by Wayne Rooney. So what are you drinking? Um. Uh, Good old Legion space dust. Mm. It's kind of hard. I don't really want to. Th- I, I don't want to think about it. I'm just going to grab it. I know it tastes good. Yeah, even sense. though they're sellouts. Yeah, hey, I'm not that. Big I, I, I'm not going to call them sellouts. You know, if you're a Legion, the the owner of a Legion brewery, and you get offered forty million dollars, you get to take that and then start another brewery with. That's true. And and now have generational wealth that you and your kids and your grandkids and your great grandkids will be able to have money like assuming you invest it right and all that kind of stuff um i'm I'm not complaining like I, I i would do the same yeah no fair enough and it still tastes good so yeah, yeah so wayne rooney's dc united i guess that's be interesting that's news uh, yeah. how, do you, how do you feel about that i don't really care <laughs> to be <laughs> honest uh dc united is just been DC United and terrible forever. Right. So, which is weird because they were the face of the league for a long time. You know, those early they're years. OG, they're an OG team. Yeah, and they won a bunch of championships and and you know Freddie Adu. Like eight other teams though. Right, but still, like, but yeah. So it's it's I mean it's a coach of a caliber I think is good for them. I just never really liked Wayne Rooney partially because he's a lunkhead. Partially as a Chelsea supporter, I can't really get down with Man U, but That's true. But still, um, I, I you know I think it's it's probably good for the league because he's not just like a has been trying to coach. He's been coaching and doing a good job. Yeah, he's been coaching. Yeah. Um, did he go? Where was he again? Somewhere in the championship. Leeds or no, something. He play, like that. No, yeah, something. Like that. Well, someone's like, oh, he went here. Well, I, like I said, I don't really care. I don't really follow him. Um, but it is a bit big name, big news. Um, obviously we mentioned Gareth Bale in the last episode. He, uh, did he play when, in their win? He played at Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, some big, big splashes recently. Right. Obviously uh, that, on the field and the coaching it. Breaking reports that Danny Elvez is coming to Seattle. Have we seen what? these? Oh, no. par- apparently. No. Uh, if he wants to play in the World Cup, his coach says he needs to get starting minutes at a at a team. And so uh, the their coach of Brazil. Now this is of course odd websites reporting this, so uh, take it with a grain of salt. But their coach is saying supposedly that he wants him to go play for the Sounders uh, and leave Tigres. So get minutes here, and that would get him back in the good graces if he plays well in Seattle. So that would be. Uh, a similar thing to what is happening with Gareth Bale, where uh, it's all about minutes and form leading into the World Cup. Yeah, I got, so here's the list. Uh, Danny Alves is not coming to the Sounders. Danny Alves could be joining the Sounders. Danny Alves linked to the Sounders. Danny Alves is not coming to the Sounders. Last one, Sounder at Heart, who I can 
I mean, they're close to the team, but you never know with this kind of stuff. Yeah, right? I mean, but, it's it's a crazy wild rumor, but hey, let us dream a little bit, considering we don't have any money to sign anyone. We might as well. Years old, right? Thirty-nine. He's not going to make the same mistakes that our current center backs do. So <laughs> that's true. Age is about a number. Uh, that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, I guess that was eight days ago. I've had actually news. I, I've had in-laws in since they left. They left on Sunday and they arrived on Tuesday. So, and I took the entire time off. So we've really just been in-laws, kids doing something every single day, watching the Mariners at 10 p.m. until one, falling asleep, doing it all over again. So I've been mm-hmm. kind of living in a bubble and the garage. So that would explain not knowing that was happening. Thank you for mentioning yeah. it. That's that's hell of scuttlebutt. You're welcome. Yeah, what am I? I am totally. Hello, bro. Uh, you know, Dank. and we, we definitely need to discuss the um, it's been a long time coming, but the rise of Mick Schumacher and dude is tearing <laughs> it up. He's, you know, like and, and his team's been screwing him, too. He could easily be finishing higher in races. He could be finishing higher in qualifying F1, baby. It's where it's at. Well, uh, F1 is where it's at, um, but I don't know if he'd be finishing much higher than he has, but it's, he's been very impressive uh, beating wow. his teammate, Magnuson. Who and also is, watching uh, him battle Verstappen in the, in, in the one race. Yeah, it was at the British Verstappen. Uh, GP. I can't remember which Silverstone, one. Silverstone, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's been a fun few weeks uh, in F1, and I'm telling you, if y'all haven't jumped on board, um, the, the all the races right now are fun. Oh, the last two have been. I mean, Silverstone was off the charts. We mentioned that. Uh, um, then it was Austria was was good. It was really good. It yeah. was entertaining. There yeah. was some really ugly stuff that was happening. And the yeah, yeah. And I didn't learn abuse, about that. We don't think it ended. That was it's completely <clears throat> terrible and gross. Yeah. Um, Do better. But Austria. It, it was a fun. One race and my team Mercedes looks to have a good shot here. Uh, Paul Ricard with some upgrades and a smooth track. So, uh, La Castellet, here we come this weekend. You are listening to F1 Scuttlebutt with American <laughs> right. Cameron. We, we have a teaser for five minutes every single episode for <laughs> next year's podcast Look, that we're going to do. Here's what I'll say if you, Sorry, have not, if you have not watched the Netflix show, you don't even need to go back to the first season. You should have, you will want to. Just yeah. start on the most recent season. What season four? Is that right? Uh, season four. Start on season four. Watch well, it. Twenty-two is where it premieres. Yeah, I would say maybe start in season three because it gives you a more over. You kind of see what's going to happen in season four ahead of time with the um, some of the characters butting heads a little. I say characters, mm-hmm. but they're real people. Uh, go watch. <laughs> is it Need to Speed or something like that? I don't know, some dumb name. Go watch the Netflix F one show and uh, it is Drive awesome. to Survive. Yeah, Drive. To, drive to survive one day only um but yeah so go check it out you'll see what we're saying you'll get into it uh it is the pinnacle of human endeavor i don't know about that (laughs) no endeavor yeah i mean (laughs) well we never landed on the moon right right? Uh, that was all cool they have the, the best theme song too um anyway so yes, that's this weekend. Going to be a ton of fun. Uh, here's some maybe some hot tea from maybe I should look him up to give him some cred, but maybe it's a bunch of BS. But Felipe Cardenas, uh, white check mark. I have dark mode. Is a blue check mark? If you're not in dark mode, on yeah, Twitter. it's a blue check mark. 
And it's a blue check mark. That's only okay. a blue check mark. Well, you have you have a, you have a fake check mark. <laughs> That's true. I don't have a real one. But uh, wherever he hails from in his journalistic integrity, um, ha- I'm going to read his tweet. Have to immediately consider Seattle Sounders GM slash president Garth Lagerway and Atlanta United VP Demetrios F. Stathio as candidates to succeed Darren Eels uh, as what GM? He's of- CEO. Uh, okay. Of of Atlanta. The, of Atlanta United. Now. So seat up for sure. I mean, Garth has said time and time again, the only way he's leaving is if he's running everything. But I don't think that's for an American team, especially Atlanta. Like, hey, I've had talks with him. His wife doesn't even want to go back to Chicago. She loves Seattle and they got kids. So uh, I'm going to say there's no chance. Why would he leave? I mean, it would be a step up, but not much of one, especially if he's moving further away from the ability to pick the players. He would want to run the whole show where he's picking the players uh, and being the CEO. And I don't know if Atlanta would let him do that. Well, that's good to hear. Cause I'm, I'm not, I'm I just, not why, why, I mean, of course, Atlanta's CEO just stepped up and is now running Newcastle. So that's a huge step, right? But what has Atlanta done that Seattle hasn't? I don't think there's anything that shows that, like, for some reason they should be able to do that, but someone from Seattle shouldn't. If He can probably have any job he wants, and it's just a question of, uh, does the right person come calling? And it's much prettier here. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to want to spend those summers in Atlanta. It's way too hot. Yeah. And flat. Um. All right. I think that's enough scuttlebutt. Yeah, I think I think we've yeah. got a nice uh you know, couple nice long interviews coming up here. So uh why don't we just go straight to Mr. Sounder himself, Jackson Feltz. <laughs> Mr. Sounder. <laughs> okay. Uh yes, Jackson of Sounders FC Weekly and Sports KJR. Uh we'll pass it right off to him with some sound effects. <laughs> All right, we got Jackson here. Hey, buddy. What's up? This is your what? Your what? Third, uh, f- third attempt, second official scuttlebutt. <laughs> third, third attempt, I guess. Yeah, because Cameron and I had a nice chat when uh, when you were down, Aaron. But uh, yeah, good to be back on, guys. Oh, thank you. Well, hopefully, you can be more of a a, a therapist for us, uh, considering the last <laughs> week. It's been a couple weeks since we done a show. But well, my uh, wife's a therapist, really feel like... so I'll do my best for uh, impression of her. Oh. <laughs> Great, maybe bring her on. Um, but yeah, I don't really feel. Tell me how you guys feel. I don't really feel like going through a review of each of the three matches. Uh, <laughs> let's just talk about more the state of where we're at. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll start in terms of the state of where we're at. I think we're looking at a team right now that isn't far off, but the ways that they are off is costing them games. I mean, Brian said it in a press conference last Thursday that we have to stop making mistakes. Then what do we see? We saw a mistake there in Chicago. Javier Arriaga loses his man, leads to the only goal. Um, we heard Brian say they have to be, you know, sharper and and you know be better in the final third. And Jordan Morris has two chances, really good chances at goal in the eighth minute and the eighty-eighth minute. And doesn't get the back in the net on either of them. Good saves, but nonetheless, not able to score. So it's a team that's not far off. 
But it's just massively frustrating that these are the issues that they know that they need to fix and they just aren't fixing them. Um, you know, I'm not sure if it's a personnel change. I'm not sure if it's a formation change. I'm not sure what the answer is. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're just left feeling frustrated because it's three shutouts in three games, something that we haven't seen in more than four years. And, you know, we're kind of left wow. pounding our head against the, the table or the wall or wherever, uh, as, as Cameron has it, against a Chicago-style pizza that we're very jealous of. And, you know, it, it, <laughs> it, yeah, I'm very frustrated from, from that, too. Well, don't be jealous because uh, I'm treating myself since I have been in quarantine in a Chicago hotel room. Oh. Uh, and did not get to go to the match, which actually may be a good thing, because as soon as I landed down in Chicago, I basically tested positive for COVID. Yeah. <clears throat> I blame Nashville. That's probably a good thing. Yeah. yeah I, well, it was actually, it added insult to injury, because then I had to watch the game on the Chicago broadcast, and so I had to listen to Arlo White oh. do it, and it just hurt my heart. Oh, he does their local broadcast? Yeah. I didn't know that. I saw him throw the first pitch at Wrigley. Well, I didn't watch it, but I saw the highlights of it. And I was like, "What is he doing in Chicago? Is he must live in there, live in Chicago." His aunt and uncle are from there, so he used to go as a kid. Uh, oh, interesting. Completely out of touch. Well, anyway, um, yeah. I mean, we've seen the formation change uh, over the last three or four matches, and obviously because of congestion, but maybe also because of tactics. Uh, Schmetzer has put different players in. We saw. Uh, Montero start against Nashville, and I thought he played uh, not too great. Uh, and then Will Bruin comes in and subs, subs in for him, and it looked like a different match, even though he didn't come out with the outcome. The second half looked better with him in it. But then he starts Will Bruin against Chicago, and nothing. So I don't – I mean, we've played like 29 or 30 something like that matches since including CONCACAF, which is a full season. So that's got to be something in it, right? Yeah, I mean, it, you, you have a lot of perceptions there, and I, I think some are right, and I'll, I'll challenge you on a couple others. I mean, I think Nicholas Ladero had one really bad moment in Nashville, and obviously that's the thing that led to the goal. And, God, you watch the replay on that, and, and Gomez Andrade is, is basically stretching out his hamstring or something, you know, when, when Nico has the ball picked off. So, I mean, no, and the whole team is nobody's ever expecting Nico to lose the ball in that sense, So in, in, that, in that sort of a situation. So, yeah, the defense sort of relaxed and knew who's caught off and Javi's car. I mean, not Javi, but uh, Yamar's caught off. So it's just, it's just a really unfortunate um, situation there. AB, I should say. Um, so, you know, if, if the thing with Nico is funny for me is the fact that, and, and this is to kind of bring in something that I'm, I'm both hearing and, and talking to Garth Lagerway on Sounders weekly. And he talks about this inner, inner, in, inner, excuse me, injury prevention program that they installed last off season after, you know, they talked about needing to be healthy for the 2021 playoffs, but they never even got there. They have this injury prevention program. And, you know, Garth said, you know, it's there for us. We have to follow it. And it's interesting because, um, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not one to put a tinfoil hat on or anything, but like, you know, he also said, because I brought up the question. I asked Garth straight up tonight, and the, the podcast will be available on the iHeartRadio app very soon. Um, I asked him, you know, it's interesting, Nicholas Ladero, you know, two of the last three weeks, you've had the three matches in eight-day stretch, and he's started all three games in eight days, both times. 
like this is the thing that we talked about last off season, right? Garth is managing minutes. Like, and, and, you know, and he said that in the previous answer and you know, he talked about the injury prevention program, how it's working for Nico at least. And, and, you know, he said it's there, we have to use it. And he also mentioned that Brian picks the lineups and it's, it's interesting because it's sort of like, okay, even if Nico is staying healthy and he's having a really good year at this age and, you know, he's been getting through these three game and eight day stretches, all of this is great and all, but at a certain point, you know, I, I really do wonder what's the situation going to be in September, October, if these minutes catch up to him. And we look back and we say, God, I wish we had sat Nico in those Wednesday games or sat Nico once in those, you know, in each of these weeks where there's three and eight. So it's, it's very interesting. And I just hope it doesn't come back to bite him where Nico is out when this team really needs him. When, when Raul Ruiz Diaz is back, when Obed's back, when, when, when players are back. And it looks like this team can be at full strength. I really hope Nico is going to be available because it's because it's frightening seeing him go three and eight again. No matter how he's playing, um, I, I just worry about where we're going to be at two months from now, and, and where Nico's going to be at two two months from now. That that being said, Jackson, uh, you know we've got this injury for Raul that that keeps getting tweaked. Um, if that catches up with uh, Nico, we've got you know, an injury for Obed, which is 12 weeks, if we're lucky. Yeah, there's no so timeline. No timeline. Yeah, in, Obed, into the yeah. season. Like, with no training in between, right? Yeah. He can't do anything with his back is for there, a while, so. Is there some off-season moves? I mean, we've got a little bit of time left here coming up until the window, uh, the, the window to bring in transfers closes. Is there something that you think maybe we need to do now? Uh, I feel like we probably could use help or depth at least at every position, but goalie. Yeah. Uh, is, is there something we could do now that you could see making an impact, whether it's a, you know, a wild rumor like Danny Alves or, you know, fans <laughs> calling for Suarez or, you know, something like that. Okay. Nothing like that is happening. I mean, like, listen, and, and not to, you know, make people not go listen to the Sounders weekly podcasts, but um, I mean, Garth has said in recent weeks, you know, that, listen, we, we spend most of our resources in the off season to getting Albert Rusnak to doing those things so that we could go in CONCACAF. And then they did that. And, you know, so that already makes 2022 a successful year, right? One of the most successful years in any team's history in this league. And we're not even, you know, we're, we're just halfway through the year. Um, so it's very interesting. When you look at what the team can do right now, Garth said tonight that they're not sitting on their hands. They are looking. And, and Brian said the same thing as well in his interview with myself and Dick Fain today on KJR. Is that, you know, there, there are conversations and they are all looking. And they're, you know, veteran, you know, Ryan mentioned, you know, potentially a veteran. So there's things that this club is clearly trying to do. It's not like they're just sitting back saying, oh, everything will be fine. They're clearly trying to do something. In terms of what they could do, the, the answer is not much. It is, it is like a veteran. Brian mentioned veteran free agent, right? Now there's those guys kind of out there. And, and I mean, it's, it's that sort of a thing, a Miguel Ibarra type person, a Harry Ship type person. And that's kind of what we're looking at. And I know that isn't flashy or anything, you know, but, but that's sort of the best answer. The, you know, the other thing would be to bring up a Marlon Vargas from Tacoma who's having a killer year down there for Defiance. Um, you know, I'm not sure if that's you know, the correct answer. Maybe, maybe you just see what the kid can do. Uh, but at the end of the day, 
I mean, the depth on this team is here. I mean, who are you going to bring in that's better than, you know, Leo Chu and Dylan Tevez, who would have been a, you know, top three MLS super draft pick, you know, or a Danny Leva, Josh Atencio had a, had a disappointing, you know, recent stretch, you know, especially in the Portland game. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I kind of look what's out there and I'm not sure who's better than what's currently on the depth. They just got to get this damn to break. You know, you just got to get a result. You got to get a goal. You Against a Colorado team that gives up a bunch of soft goals, you just got to crack this damn because when it breaks, it will break. And and you, you know things are going to come. But in terms of a move, yeah, I, I just, man, I just don't know the, the realism of bringing in any big name. I mean, there is no realism in that. That's not going to happen. It's going to be a, a veteran player um, or it's going to be somebody from defiance. I mean, who knows, but like, that's, that's probably the best you're looking at for, for a transfer window move, to be honest. Yeah. I wonder about like a, a veteran leader, like a, a Quincy Ameriqua who's, who's available right now, who, um, you know, last year and earlier this year was actually in USL. So not MLS, uh, ready necessarily, but has that pedigree where he could step up and maybe a player who could connect with Chu and and teach him that wing a little more. Uh, it seems like Chu has connected very strongly with Freddie and looks to him for what he, whether he, what he's doing is right or wrong. But uh, I wonder if there's there's others he could connect with just to help him on defense and and stuff like that. Let- well, I think it's per- particularly with, with Freddie. I think it's because he speaks Portuguese. Right. right. Um, so I don't know how much he can connect with. Qu- I mean, I don't know Quincy, but if he speaks Portuguese, then yeah, then that'd be great. I, I honestly think I agree with you, Jackson. That I think we have the pieces. It, we're just not utilizing them correctly, at least in this stretch. Um, I there is no uniformity um, to our midfield whatsoever. I mean. Oh, I forget which match it was because they're all blending together. Um, but I think it was Nashville where it just kind of looked like we had a defensive line and then an offensive line. And then, no, it must have been, it must have been Chicago because it was Ladero and Rusnak just like trying to figure out what to do by themselves in the midfield, you know, in but, the middle of the park. By the way, it's very refreshing to hear somebody also call it, say, Rusnak. <laughs> it, took, it took a few episodes. No, we, we gotta say it right. We gotta say it right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, you're you're absolutely right, Aaron. And and I think I think we saw that divide there, and then the, the midfield left so open that the match was so back and forth and so open for a little bit. It was kind of scary, you know. But I mean, and Chicago. Hey, I mean, in no world did Ezra and the Fire want that match to be open because the Sounders could run with Morris, right? And and they did not want that way that game was. Playing out, um, and for the I mean for for the Sounders, they probably want it to look more like that. But you know, I, I think I think you're right on Leo Chu. Leo Chu has frustrated me because he's had moments of brilliance where you see like, oh my gosh, this kid is so talented. He could do X, Y, and Z if he wanted to. Oh my gosh, it's all there. Um, and then there's other moments where you just scratch your head and you're wondering, what are you doing? I mean, uh, he came off the bench, and I'm 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 watching his movement, and I'm I'm, I'm saying, God, I wish Will Bruin had stayed on the field because you saw what he did against Toronto, where he's running at guys, and that's where his skill is. He has his burst is so incredible. He can get around the corner so fast, get into that prime assist zone, and make good things happen. That's his best skill, and you know he just doesn't do it on a consistent basis, and it frustrates the heck out of me. 
because it's like you know you're, you're you're taking your best weapon and only using it half the time i mean this isn't a video game you don't have to recharge you know between games you know you can do it every game you're out there and i feel like we only see it every other match that he, where he comes on the field and I'm, I don't know if New Who and him are the best left side pairing at times. New Who's kind of an odd. No, I mean, um, no, it, that, that is the best pairing. That is like absolutely what you want because, because. Well, I feel like I meant in compared to like Madronda, who's a little bit more no, uh, quicker with his feet. Worse. I think New Who is more of a train. So here's, in my opinion. here's the thing with New Who is that, is that you want a guy at left back when Leo Chu is on the field who can defend like hell. And, and is a good defender because when, when, when Leo Chu makes those runs and does those bursts around the corner, you know he's getting high up the field. So you want a left back who can cover him. So you don't want a Jimmy Madronda there because, because you know, Jimmy Madronda is going to want to cut inside. He's going to be ready for Leo Chu to perhaps you know, bring it back, lay it off, whatever. You, know, you want a Nuhu in that situation because it gives Leo Chu the flexibility and the permission to go and to take those chances. And that's what's even more frustrating is that Leo Chu isn't doing that when Nuhu's on the field because I want when, – when, when those two are on the left side together, it could be brilliant. But Leo Chu has – it's up to Leo Chu. He has to take those chances. Another position that we've been hurting at is center back. Uh, you know, mistakes from Ariaga, mistakes from Reagan. Um, Sissoko, too. Yeah. Not have a good game. Yep. But who who so the starter is either Reagan or Ariaga. Um, I think uh, it's a difficult choice for me because Ariaga has become very very solid uh, over time, but he still makes those mistakes that are really costly. And and Reagan is just inexperienced. It's not that he's uh, making boneheaded plays on purpose. It's just he's inexperienced. Do you think at this point it's better to start Reagan back there and have him continue to grow or have Ariaga back there and just expect that he's going to make mistakes. I have wrestled with this question, Cameron, for so long, dude. Like, and I, I keep, I keep going back and forth because you know, one day I, I, I you know, after the Reagan mistakes, especially like the was it the Montreal game, I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, you know, when, when Javi's back, we got to start the good and reliable. I mean, it's a, it's a at this point, Javier Ariaga is a veteran. And he, you know, for, for the mistakes that are made, we got to do it. And then we watched what happened, you know, in this last game against Chicago where he just turned off, let a guy go by him and gives up the goal. And, you know, that brings me back to, well, maybe Jackson Reagan will learn from his young mistakes and maybe now he is ready. I honestly keep going back and forth. And it honestly changes just based on what happened in the previous game. I mean, if, if I'm to just step back and which, I mean, I'm, I kind of do this thought process and this, this, you know, this this experiment right now view from 35,000 feet, you gotta go with Ariaga, you know, if they're both healthy, because at the end of the day, this team needs more stability right now. And veteran is going veteran, even with a few mistakes is going to bring you the more stability, you know, in those situations as you are now, you know, what is it? 14 games from the end of the season, you know, you can't, you can't point to the rookie mistakes anymore. I'd rather point to a veteran mistake than a rookie mistake because, you know, at least in the veteran mistake, you're going to be getting some positives in terms of the, the experience, the, the leadership in that sense, um, and as much as I love Jackson Reagan, you know, 
I, I think we've seen enough to know that the kid needs more time as that third guy. I'm very comfortable with him being that third guy and stepping in when somebody is injured or somebody has a suspension. But I, at this point, I'm going to take the veteran and and hopefully, you know, by by this time next year, every kink is gone in Jackson and he's learned from these mistakes and he's, you know, looking like the center back we all think he can be, um, which is a shame, too, because we saw it in the first 10 games of Reagan's career. We, you know, he was looking like that guy. It, it's almost like, you know, there's just, a, you know, a few games of brain farts and God knows why. But, you know, it's a situation where you're just waiting for Jackson Reagan to turn into the center back. We know he can be at a consistent basis and it'll, it'll come, but it's just not there yet. Yeah. And I agree with, I, I'd pick Ariaga and Yamar. I, I think having injured for a, a few weeks and then coming back in that game didn't bode very well. He needed the minutes to, to get back yeah. and get loose, but that's why he was subbed out. Right. But also his experience with Yamar, um, we're, they need to write out this year. If, shit hits the fan and this season is only the CONCACAF Champions League crown. That's great. But then I think we start looking at Reagan um, yep. as a replacement, yep. you know, but we got to ride this season out and, and rest uh, our laurels with our veterans um, and see what happens. And I think, I mean, that they're brain farts for sure. Um, I don't think the lack of um, the, just the midfield, not, playing well overall like the entire middle of the field is just not playing well does not benefit the defense as well they're put into a lot more oh shit moments and that can lead to your brain farts right no so that's exactly right so jackson we've only got a couple minutes left here with you uh i have two questions and you can answer them in either order uh and and by the way i do have a question from our discord channel there's a link oh so so we'll end with that description but this is specifically for jackson actually okay we'll end with that so you're done we'll go to that yeah so these two questions the first is uh fans are really upset on twitter right now because of the the losses um but looking at them and especially last two we only lost one nothing uh do you think we're overreacting Yes. Yes. No, I mean, Twitter, I mean, Cameron, anytime you say the word, you know, is Twitter overreacting? My answer, no matter what, (laughs) will always be the word yes, um, because that is genuinely what Twitter does. Yeah. I mean, like, and then this kind of, let me, we'll we'll bookend it. I'll bring it back to what I said at the start. This team isn't that far off. I mean, the Portland game, let's, let's look really quickly at Portland, right? And I, 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 this is going to, do we have to? No, well, God, this frustrates me, but it's important to bring up. Okay. If, if Daniel Radford is not the VAR official, if we have a competent official on VAR that day, he calls the penalty for Nicholas Ladero. So at that point, and like Nico is, what, 100% for penalties? That's going in. So it's 1-1. But not only that, that's a foul on Eric Williamson who tackled him in the box. That's Eric Williamson's second yellow. He's done for the day. Seattle goes a man up in the 40th minute in what is now a 1-1 game. The game plays completely differently from then on. Jackson Reagan doesn't have to get as high up the field. Thus, he doesn't take a yellow in the last minute of the first half and doesn't take a yellow in the first minute of the second half. Jackson Reagan stays on the field, and the Sounders are playing the last uh, 50 minutes of that game a man up, tied. You tell me if they don't win that game. 
So at the end of the uh, day, I'm sorry, uh. but like, but like that game comes down to Daniel Radford. I'm sorry. Like I blame like that is three points lost on the back of Daniel freaking Radford. I will say it. I will hold that opinion. Nobody else has to. Um, that that Harry Potter esque mother effer. I was uh, going to say every time so, you say that. <laughs> so, so there you go. And then, uh, and then, and then it's two one nothing losses that that yeah, come off of brain yeah. farts. This team is not that far away. I agree. We're the best team in the MLS, and we're going to win the MLS Cup. Thanks, Jackson. You've convinced me. Now, actually, <laughs> let's flip it up. Let's flip it up. You asked that question from Discord there, and then I will f- ask the final question. Okay. This is from our, our user Kenny Sloth seventy four. What's up, Kenny? Um. <laughs> so this actually relates to Chew, and I think he was listening to one of your recent episodes of uh, Sounders FC Weekly. Ask Jackson Feltz about why he treats Chew different from Tevez and Reagan, even though he's younger than them and only counts 200K against the cap. Young players, regardless of accounting mechanism, need time to grow. Nobody gets a pass here, but can we be more ubiquitous without patience for the youths? So my answer to that would be... Um... Leo Chu, you paid $2.5 million for. That makes him different than Dylan Tevez and others because he is a young designated player. He comes with massive expectations. And yes, we do have to be patient with him. But Leo Chu has now been here for a year. And I'm st- I'm not seeing the development I want to out of Leo Chuya for a guy who warranted a $2.5 million transfer fee and taking up this young designated player spot. Dylan Tevez is a young player who is in his rookie year out of college. And listen, the University of Washington and Jamie Clark have a hell of a program. You know, getting to, you know as far as they got to to the national championship is an amazing, amazing feat. And Dylan Tevez being the best player on that team yeah, Dylan Tevez has big expectations as well um, for the long term. But at the same time, you know, they aren't as big as Leo Chu. So I do treat Leo Chu differently because of that regard. Also because you can just see the raw skill is there. You can see that the raw skill of Leo Chu, it, everything is there for him to be a dynamic winger with such great burst. He can serve a decent ball. Um, you know, we, we, we see it's there and and. And I, I think that I treat Leo Chu differently because the expectations are higher. The raw skill is higher. And and I, I think Leo Chu could be a really, really good starter in this league and a good starter for the Sounders if he just turns that raw skill. And some of that, of course, has to do with coaching, and that's fine. But but I think that, that everything is there for him. Uh, the kid just needs to take it because he is so, so talented. Um, and, and frankly, I just I've, we've seen more Leo Chu than we've seen from Dylan Tevez because obviously he played another half season here before Dylan Tevez got here. And I'm sorry, I, I, don't, I didn't watch as much uh, University of Washington soccer last season as I saw from, from Leo Chu last season. Um, so yeah, the expectations are higher in that regard. So um, they, I, I, listen, I, I treat them differently. And, and at the end of the day, like, you know, whoever gets more time in the last 14 games of the season plus playoffs, you know, I'll be very interested to see how Brian Spencer uses those guys. Cause what I've seen from, from Dylan Tevez has been great. He's been great with Tacoma. He's been you know, really, really good in that Toronto game. Um, and I think, I think we could have something special on our hands with both players. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it's great that Dylan Tevez, you know, didn't cost a, a, a top super draft pick. And it's great that, um, you know, that he, he didn't cost $2.5 million, but yeah, there is, there is a difference between those guys. And, and I think that's internally in my brain, that's where it's based around. And Schmetzer mentioned that 
Chu was finally getting minutes, and this was uh, a couple weeks ago, because he was showing that he could get back on defense in practice. Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering, is this a Sacchini situation? No, no, I don't think this is a manual Sacchini, um, which is a good poll. Um, no, I, I don't think it's that, especially since Leo Chu is so much younger than, than, than guys like, well, Sacchini was young too, but, but I, I think, I think because it's a long deal here, it's a young DP deal. Um, you see the raw skill. I don't think we ever saw the raw skill from Emmanuel Sacchini. I think we see that, that the skill is there from Chu. It's just a matter about, you know, waiting to to hone and turn that skill into uh, just a, a really impactful dynamic player on the wing. All right. Last question. Uh, your Seattle Mariners won 14 <laughs> straight going into the all-star game. LFG. Uh, they are one of only three your, teams. By the in, way. I'm right here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All of ours. All of ours. Your Seattle like Mariners. Uh, only three teams have had a 10 plus winning streak, game yep. winning streak into the yep. All Star game. The other two won the World Series. With <laughs> the Mariners, since they're going to win the World Series this year, how how much do the Sounders have to win in order to stay relevant? Because I'm already straying, man. I'm already thinking we should make this Mariners scuttlebutt. So what what do you think, Jackson? How crazy is it that this winning streak for the Mariners coincides with the losing streak for the Sounders by like I think? Can we only have one ball. winning team? I mean, I think it's written into Seattle rules that that is the fact. So listen, like, one team can I mean, make I mean, the playoffs listen, per year. I mean, Cameron, <laughs> Cameron, you're the elder statesman of all three of us here. If if I was to guarantee you. The Mariners to and listen, you, you three teams, all three made the World Series. Two won it, but all three made the World Series. If I was to guarantee you right now that the Mariners make the Worlds, just make make the World Series this year, but the Sounders miss the playoffs, do you take that? Yeah, I'm taking it. It's it's been yeah, so it's I. been a long time coming for the Mariners. I would take that in a second. The Mariners, the Sounders will be back next year. I agree. And yeah. but, but I mean, to, to answer your question, like listen, like like. Like this Mariner team, like I've been skeptical all season, like literally until like win 12, I was skeptical. And then when they pulled off, um, the, what was it? The 13th, I think it was, I, I don't know, like something flipped in my brain and like suddenly it's, it's all right, let's get on the bail. Like, so Dick Fane and I, um, we're going to be live from Jimmy's on first on Friday. Both he and I are going down there to do our show from three to seven. And I mean, I'm just so jacked up. Like, like here we go. Like, this is it. We we have a wild card spot in hand right now. Julio is taking all the storylines at the All Star break. You know, like, like this is it. Like, this feels different than it's felt before. And uh, maybe, maybe they don't win. You know, Friday night. I feel like you know, it's just too much expectations. Stop I don't it. know. But like, like regardless of how the first. I mean, listen, they have a ton of games against Houston and New York right after the All-Star break. Regardless yeah. of what happens in like these first, you know, couple of weeks after the break, like all that matters is August. Like set yourself up, set yourself up to, you know, hold a wild card spot at the end of August. If you're holding the wild card spot at the end of August going into September, this city is going to be absolutely bonkers and I can't freaking wait for it. Yeah. And we Especially only need to go Juan Soto. Yeah. We only need to go what? 68 and 4 to match the 2001 Mariners. Do you think Something we can like do that. it? Yeah. A few more streaks like this yeah. and that adds up. <laughs> <laughs> well, this isn't Mariners scuttlebutt. This is Sounders scuttlebutt and we thank you so much for being with us, Jackson. Uh you definitely 
out there in radio land, the podcast land, whatever you want to call it. Listeners, great dear listeners. You can catch Jackson, what, every day with Dick Fain and, and Softy from uh, 5 to 7 on KJR. Is that right? 3 to 7, yes. 3 to 7, sorry. I forgot earlier time. And then uh, Sounders Weekly, traditionally Tuesday nights. Is that correct? Tuesdays at 7 o'clock. Uh, show just finished. Uh, that's why I was a little bit late to the recording and uh, here tonight. And uh, it'll be live on the podcast on the iHeartRadio app from tonight's show. Garth Lagerway, Richard Fleming, uh, Jason Farrell, head coach of Ballard FC, who we're all going to see on Friday night. Um, great oh, yeah. conversation yeah. with Jason Farrell. So a uh, fun show here uh, earlier tonight for folks to go check out. And of course, pregame halftime and post-game show. No no one got to hear a discussion about how I get to hear you in the bathrooms at halftime at every Sounders home game. The weirdest thing. I'm never going to get over that. <laughs> <laughs> they play they play the halftime show in the bathrooms at CenturyLink. Uh, so or whatever, whatever our stadium is called. Well, thank weird, you, Jackson. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome, everybody. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. See you on Friday. Take care, guys. See you on Friday. We are here now with Dan Boniface from the18.com, which is a super awesome soccer uh, website and I would say lifestyle uh, site too, because soccer is more than a sport. It's a lifestyle. Uh, you can, I just made that up. You can have that, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> you, the header on the website. You, um, I have known Dan for a very long time. Uh, he has gone from delivering the Seattle Times to having a byline on the front page of the sports page on the Seattle Times covering the Seattle Sounders uh, and spent many years covering the Rapids. So uh, we'd love to welcome Dan Boniface here today. Hey, Dan, what's up? Hey, guys. Uh, long time listener. First time uh, guest, I guess. <laughs> Thanks for I having me. I hear that you are also in quarantine like I am from the COVID that is getting all of us somehow, no matter how safe we are. Yeah, it, it was kind of crazy. Uh, haven't had it yet and in, in two plus years and, and here I am. Yep. Yeah, same, same with me and uh, same with Aaron, too. He was just a few weeks yeah. ahead of us. Nice guys finish last, I guess. <laughs> so uh, uh, sadly, that's mean that meant that you've missed a couple of rapid games, but um how are the Rapids doing, especially after uh, what seems to be a trade that has gone under the radar on the national level, but but has made a big impact? Yeah, uh, so you're referring to the Mark Anthony K trade, uh, which came down, I think, um, on I think that was July 8th. It was a Friday. And uh, and and so since then, um, the Rapids have actually kind of turned the corner a little bit. Um, they you know, they had been, um, you know, pretty woeful. They hadn't won a game since May. Um, and, you know, I think they're sitting about 12th on the table in the Western Conference. And um, since then, they have, uh, they went down 2-0 at RSL uh, right after. They came back and tied that game 2-2. Then their next game, they went down 1-0 at home against Orlando. They came back and tied that one 1-1, and then they, they beat LA Galaxy 2-0. So I think that they are feeling um, a little bit of momentum right now, uh, a little bit of positive momentum right now. Um, so 
I think they're hoping to ride that into the uh, match against the Sounders. I don't like hearing that. <laughs> uh, man, you said the last one, or before that was was May. Was that against us? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, oh, that was wow. our last win. It's <laughs> not lining up good, man. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, and I love I love Mark Anthony K. He's a he's a great player. Um, I for- I honestly did forget about that that he that he went there. Yep. Yeah, um, I think so- it was a it was um. You know, a tough one, at least for the fan base, to swallow at first. Um, but you know, I think I think they have a lot of trust in in um, Porig Smith, the general manager. He's he's pulled off uh, some pretty good deals, and you know, it, it's tough to look at these things in a vacuum and and say, well, we just shipped off Mark Anthony K, and we got a 19 year old midfielder, and you know, a wad of cash you know, what are they going to do with it? I, you know, it's hard to judge the deal until, until after that. But, um, so this 19 year old kid, they got in the deal. His name's Ralph Prizo and he's a, a young sort of defensive midfielder and got his first start against LA galaxy, uh, for the Rapids. And, and he looked pretty good. He only played 45 minutes just trying to work him in. But, um, you know, I think he could be a piece for the future. That's interesting. Do you think the intention of the GM was like, okay, we're struggling. Let's start making moves now and cashing in on some of these contracts that are expiring so that we can have chess pieces that put us back into contention? Because last year, uh, you know, first time ever winning the Western Conference. Um, obviously, uh, Rapids had won the championship before, but. Uh, you know, kind of a surprise after how good Colorado has been and how good of a coach Robin Frazier is that Colorado has been kind of down near the bottom of the table. Yeah, I, it it was pretty surprising um, to me. Like, I think the Kellen Acosta trade, that kind of, um, it really kind of gutted the team a little bit, at least in terms of, um, you know, having having that that presence in the locker room and in the midfield. Um, and then, you know, they lost a couple of other pieces, uh, Cole Bassett moved on, uh, to, to Europe. So, you know, I, I thought that they were going to add to this team, but really they've, they've kind of taken a step back and, and, you know, they had some injuries in the off season that, that I think there were a couple key players they were, they were counting on stepping in. Um, so yeah, it, it has turned into a little bit more of a rebuilding year, but, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think I think that you know, obviously they added Jossie Zardes, and and he's starting to click a, a little bit, um, starting to see some some chemistry with uh, with the wingers on the team, Barrios, Michael Barrios, and Jonathan Lewis. Um, so they're starting to see some chemistry up front. Uh, Jossie scored goals in his last two games, um, and and should have had two in the last game. One one got called back for. Um, somebody being in an offside position when he scored it and didn't really impact the play all that much, I didn't think. So he's starting to click. Um, and so I, I think that that there's a chance they could make a run and maybe sneak into the playoffs. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that hopes are too high amongst the fan base other than, you know, maybe this could be a playoff team. So if, if they... If they... You're saying that, and, and on our side, we're coming off of not just three losses in a row, but three shutouts. We haven't scored, right? 
we talk with Jackson about or should we be panicking at all? And we, and we consensus, we're like, no, but we didn't really follow that up with what if we lose this match? Then I'm actually really starting to worry because it sounds like with your guys' run of form and a win against the Sounders, right? How would that change your fan base's like uh, mind? Yeah, I, the, I, I feel like that would help slingshot almost. Yeah, I would. I would think so too. And well, um, another thing that that I I didn't mention: the Rapids have not won a road game yet this season. I think they're the only team in the Western Conference that hasn't won yeah, a road I game. You saying that, <laughs> and um, so they're, they're not um, they're not a great team on the road this year. Uh, but they were really good on the road last year. Um, and the funny thing with like streaks like that, you know, at some point you figure that's, that's got to change. Will it be against the Sounders? I don't, I don't know, but, um, you know, anytime, anytime any team is facing the Sounders, I, I feel like they're going to give them their best effort because, you know, these are the CONCACAF champions you want to show well against, against the best. So, you know, that's like their MLS cup final game. Anytime a team goes up against the Sounders, I, you know, I, I feel like they're going to, they're going to be up for it. So. And, and looking at the standings actually with the Colorado win at Seattle, which of course we're hoping doesn't happen. Colorado jumps into a tie for that last playoff spot. So suddenly things are looking a little different. Now LA Galaxy's played one less game, uh, and they probably play on this weekend as well. So we'll see what happens to them. But it becomes really interesting where then you could have LA, Portland, Seattle, uh, Colorado, and Vancouver, and then Houston's only a point back, all vying for that last spot within a couple points. Yeah, it, it's a really crowded uh, table this year, especially down you know, the, about the fifth through 12th spot, it, right. you know, it's really congested. So um, it's an important, important game for the Rapids for sure. They're, they're going to be up for it. Um, and, and they're, they're clicking. They've got a little bit of momentum right now. So it, it could be interesting. Um, one thing that I'll be interested to see is whether or not they'll have Jack Price back in the midfield. He's been out with an, with a left calf injury. He's missed, a handful of games at this point. Um, and so, you know, he's super important to, to everything they do. Um, you know, he takes the set pieces and, and he's one of the reasons why they are dangerous on set pieces, uh, without him, you know, they're, they're not quite as dangerous on, on set pieces. And he's, he's just like kind of the heartbeat of the team, you, you know, sort of like you guys missing, uh, Jao Paulo. I'm, I'm sure you can, um, empathize yeah. with, with how that, you know, mm-hmm. when you take that important piece out of the midfield. Um, so I, I think that could be a, a key factor in the game, whether or not he plays. And, and you know, he missed the game against LA Galaxy. Um, and, and I'm not sure. I haven't heard any injury updates on him yet. I'm I'm interested to know, Dan, if uh, and, and we don't need to talk about this. We can just have Aaron cut this entire thing out right now uh, <laughs> if you don't want to talk Word. about it. But. Uh, there was a time where there was a Seattle player named Marco Papa came to Denver. And then I found out that he had been stabbed by his girlfriend. And I texted you and you went down and asked him about it at practice. Do you remember this? 
Yeah, it, it was a pretty big story, actually. Um, I am not cutting this out, by the way. <laughs> you wouldn't ask him this question. This is great. This is this is some hot yeah. tea. <laughs> no, so I actually interviewed him uh, like on the phone, I think, earlier in the day before he got Definitely stabbed. Not in person. Before he got stabbed. <laughs> um, and then, you know, because they had like just announced his, they had signed him or traded for him. I, I forget exactly how they acquired him. Um, and then, uh, you sent me the tip about it. And, um, at the time I was working at the Denver post and, um, and I worked with a breaking news reporter to, to try and get police reports on it. And, and we did end up getting the police report and, and finding that it, it was all, uh, a legit tip and, and worked on the story. I, I, you know, I didn't get a quote from him at that point cause he had just been stabbed. Um, and was and was uh, recovering. Yeah, that's that's the line of the whole. I didn't get a quote from because he'd just been stabbed. Yeah, (laughs) all right, go. Sorry, Sorry. and uh, so anyway, um, but I do remember you know getting getting a statement from the team, I want to say, and um, and then later down the line at at some point when they finally did make him available, um, you know, to talk, I, I did, um, I think I did ask him about it, although, you know, they the team was like, you can't ask him about that. It's like, no, <laughs> you can't tell me what I can't ask him about. Well, first. turns out he wasn't such a good dude anyway, since he's now in prison in his home country for domestic abuse. So, uh, but we didn't know that about him then. And he was a pretty solid player for uh, our teams. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was a lot better for the Sounders than he was for the Rapids. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That Maybe he never recovered from the stabbing. Yeah. Oh, I've been just trying to figure out, can I can I make that the episode title? <laughs> like, trying to fit that in. I don't know. That was awesome. Uh, I mean, definitely not good. What was it like for you to, I mean, you know, you're covering the Rapids regularly, but it was a time where the Seattle Times wasn't willing to send a reporter out to Denver that you were able to actually cover uh a story for, you know, your childhood newspaper that you worked for delivering. What, what was that like? That was a pretty cool experience for me, for sure. And, you know, I did feel a lot of pressure to to write a good story on that one um, because you want to you want to frame the story for for the local audience. You want to make sure that, um, you know, the storylines that are going on and, and everything. And at the time, I think Matt Pence was, was the beat writer for the Seattle times. And so, um, I connected with him and just kind of, you know, talked through what, what were some of the main storylines to look for. And, um, so he was really helpful in, in, um, you know, helping, helping me frame up the story the right way. And yeah, that was, that was fun. It, it was really cool to, I, I think maybe you grabbed me a, a copy of the paper cause I was, mm-hmm. I was out here, um, and uh so yeah that was a thrill yeah and and for those listeners who don't know matt pence he's over at the athletic now but definitely go read his book the sound and the glory how the seattle sounders showed major league soccer how to win over america um my dad read it and he was throwing out names of like the greatest um people who are considered the greatest sport writers of all time from back in like the 40s and 50s and 60s and how good the writing was in that book so shout out to matt for that so what are you expecting, Dan, coming up here? Uh, rapids, resurgent rapids versus a, uh, a, a very pained Sounders team right now who has injuries and has been inconsistent. Uh, what do you think is going to happen this this weekend? 
I don't know. I, well, I'm curious to know who's going to be playing in the game. Like, you know, uh, I've I've seen uh, Rui Diaz hasn't hasn't played in the last couple games, right? Is he expected to play? Because I would I think that would yeah. Be. We don't know. Re aggravated his hamstring. Yeah, I, I I thought I heard that it was the other one. Oh, was it a different one? Okay, that's not good. I, mean, I, could, I could be I could be wrong. If that's the case, that's probably Jackson. actually good. But um, yeah. Uh, Hamstring issues are no good. So. Why do it seems like the Sounders have never ending hamstring injuries? But yeah, probably no Raul Ruiz Diaz. Um, so uh, at top, we'll see what they do. I think Jordan Morris is their best bet at this point, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Will Bruin didn't seem to do too much. Um, what was that in Nashville? Um, in Fred, so yeah, that was that was Chicago. Either, was that yeah, Chicago? yeah, he, oh, he, he played in Montero didn't do much. Either, Freddie right? was non-existent yeah. in Nashville. He he didn't even he wasn't even playing forward. He was over in the wing. I think at some point they switched him and Jordan maybe because he was so non-existent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, so the the Rapids just had uh, Austin Trusty uh, move on. Um, he had signed with Arsenal uh, and then was loaned back to them, um, and so. Once they moved him on, um, they had been playing three in the back. They moved to uh, four in the back now with just basically two center backs and two outside backs, um, which um, they, that's sort of the setup that they have played for the last um, three games while they've actually played decently. Um, so, you know, I could see that um, coming out again against the Sounders and, and – um, I don't know. You know, I, I could I could see the Rapids maybe winning one zero. Um, that would probably be best case scenario f- for the Rapids. Um, but you know, more likely this is maybe a zero zero game. I don't know. Ugh. That would be a loss for us for sure. So definitely at home. Um, but a point at this point, I'll take a point. <laughs> at this point, I'll take a point. So I was actually thinking we were just talking about, and I'm gonna go to the sounder side obviously because that's that's us but yeah i wasn't impressed with montero wasn't impressed with with bruin but who did score in his was it his first start cameron yeah tevis is our is our young uw tevis mm-hmm. um that actually the way things have been going zero 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 goal scored i would want to see that yeah, he'd be Just, he'd be good to be up front. Why the why the hell not, right? Yeah, so and, he's a he's a rookie. I, I agree with you with Jordan. Yeah, but but Jordan has played so much on the wing for now years. Mm-hmm. It's been his rookie season was he was up top and then winger as for the UW or UW the UN's the men's national team and. But you know, I think you know me. Best, best spot. I love two at the top. I think we should be doing the same formation we did last year, which actually hurts Leo Chu. Because the 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 wings play higher up in our current uh, position, mm-hmm. but it just seems like we're not dangerous enough coming forward. So, uh, uh, yeah, Dan Tevez is a, a, a rookie out of UW, so he he came in and his first game, his first start, uh, not his first game, but his first start, uh, a ball went to him in a position where he, he didn't run that way, and if he had gone there, he would have had a wide open goal. And then uh, probably twenty minutes later in the match, he actually made that run and scored the goal. So um, he coached himself yeah, on the field. On the field. So he he is a young uh, goal scorer. Is doing pretty well down at Tacoma Defiance. But uh, again, if we're relying on a Defiance person to score at this point, it's it's it, it's it's scary. I mean, 
we haven't really seen a drought like this in, in, in a long time in Seattle. Maybe when we put Shalry yeah. Joseph at forward in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, the main concern for us and, and the good thing for Rapids is we have no idea what to do in the front end of things and, and really in the midfield to get the ball in the right spot uh, to a key pass or the right thing. We've, we've definitely had a number of shots. Um, I think it was like 15 to nine against Chicago, but they're not anything dangerous really. Um, Either there's an errant pass, the wrong spot or just the wrong touch, the wrong finishing touch, nothing really decisive. And it all stems for me in the midfield uh, because Without Rui Diaz, that kind of just fractures everything down to the defense. And obviously, we haven't had JP. And since JP, we haven't played very well. We got we played really well in that final, but he started that final. And I think there's the adrenaline, the momentum, the home crowd atmosphere. But we lost our first game back. Or, right. or, but then we had a good run right. there where we were in – I think we were back up to like three points out of the supporter shield. And then since then, it's and all Rui falling Diaz apart. And Rui was healthy. Yeah. So I wonder – And, uh, and, and also – um, your 16 year old in the midfield, I'm blanking on his name. Yeah, Obed Vargas. Yeah, yeah Obed Vargas. Yeah. yeah, I I feel like losing him is also coincided with kind of this downward. Yeah. For sure. Trend. Yeah, that's Absolutely. a good call. I think a lot of that's consistency in the midfield because he played uh, right. He wasn't starting every match in the tournament, but he played regular solid minutes throughout the tournament with some starts. Um, and he started that. He started with JP, right? Yeah, he, and then and then he day, was yeah. and then he was there with Nico and Rusnak, and so like they had a really mm-hmm. strong connection. And now there's you know you're putting in Atencio who's coming back from injury or Leva who's coming back from injury, and they just don't have any rapport with the two in front of them uh, the same way. And so yeah, I mean it's it's been a case of the midfield not being able to connect the defense and the offense, and so that's so, really when they're where they've struggled. Where it's uh, you know Freddie can get in a dangerous position occasionally. He was not against Nashville, but you know, Will Bruin, we've seen and you know, he scored in the what the second or third minute of that game, getting get in a dangerous position uh in the one game where he he started. Uh but uh if you have no one to serve them the ball, what are you going to do? Cuz Nico keeps having to play all over. So, and we've seen him make uncharacteristic mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, like that Seems one like in Nashville. Seems like it's key if Dan Price doesn't play. Um, that would help our midfield woes a little bit to have not as much competition. Not not that. I Jack, mean that Jack like, He sounds like he's he's your engine room, right? And yeah. We don't have ours either, so like to get on common ground there, uh, probably benefit us at home. Yeah, Jack Price is one of those Jack dudes. Price, dudes who, uh, he he's kind of like an Aussie. Like even as he he his uh skills have maybe come down a tiny bit as he's gotten into his late twenties. He's still like the heart and soul of the team and, and, and huge in leadership and um, really outspoken on the field. I feel like at times, um, but I was going to say in communication, yeah, but, yeah uh, he's, their, he's their captain yeah. um, when he's out there and, and yeah, it, it'll definitely influence the game, whether he's there or not, I think. Right. And, and, and he, if he can play, I don't, I don't even know if he could go the full 90. He They might play him 45 minutes if he plays. Um, so it could be interesting. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think that they're, they're probably counting on him for a big performance. Um, they've had, uh, Brian Acosta kind of step up and fill in a Honduran international that he played for, I think FC Dallas last year. Um, and he's been pretty good. Um, you know, so they do have some, 
people who can step in uh, they at least have a little bit of depth there uh, but um, yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see who wins that midfield battle I think that's that's gonna really be a key in this match what about Jonathan Lewis out there on the wing like I, I feel I mean he had two assists against LA I think he had the assist against Seattle in that last game the for the the first goal if I'm remembering it correctly, or did he score the goal? Either way, he was involved uh, the last time. Yeah, the I thought played. that was an own goal, but they they credited it to him. Yeah, yeah, I think it, yeah, that's right. I think yeah, it was a Yamar own goal. But uh, yeah, it was Yamar, and Lewis got it. Right, but I mean, he's he's been pretty solid, and when you have Rubio up top, it seems like there is the chance to do damage when they're on. Yeah, so with when Jack Price isn't there, um, they've been playing this four three three. Sort of set up where uh, Rubio kind of plays more like a ten underneath, um, and Jossie Zardes is uh, the nine up top, um, and Lewis gets out on the wing, and they just use speed on the wing. So they, they'll put Lewis on one wing, and they'll put Barrios on the other wing, um, and you know what I would expect them to do is just sit back, defend and then try and counterattack, hit those guys on the wing, um, stretch the field, and then, you know, cross it into Jossie Zardes to try and finish. Um, and then Rubio has has shown himself to be really good at just kind of popping up in the right space and, and finding his opportunities, whether it's a long shot or, um, you know, just, just making that late run into the box to, to finish. Rubio's having maybe his best season ever. He's, he's already got nine goals. Um, you know, if you, if you look at, uh, there's this advanced metric called goals added. Um, and I don't know exactly how they calculate it or, or whatever, but he's third in the league, uh, in that metric, uh, behind, um, Jose Cifuentes from LAFC and Hani Mukhtar. So he's having a really good season. Um, he's probably the Rapids' most dangerous player. Um, well, not probably. He is the Rapids' most dangerous player at this point. It sounds like it. Yeah. That's a, I've never heard of that that stat. What, what's like the context of it? What does it mean? Goals added. It's like, you know, I think they've, they factor in things like, um, obviously, goals and assists, but then also defensively, like, if you're stopping goals, like because Walker's uh, Walker Zimmerman is the up other there. End of this, yeah. The scale it sounds like his goals added is nine. Yeah, <laughs> but then, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it's almost like a so, double-sided uh, war. Uh, yeah, wins yeah. against replacement, or you know, yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, and and like I said, it's, it seems to be clicking right now a little bit. Um, they've they've sort of figured out how to how to. F- feed those wingers and use their speed. And then, um, you know, there's a little bit better understanding with, with what kind of runs Jossie Zardes likes to make in the box. Uh, they've been finding him a little bit uh, more frequently lately. And, um, so yeah, I, I think, I think they've got at least a goal in them probably, um, in this, in this matchup, I would think, but you know, you never know. Is Rubio on the left? Um, he's been sort of playing more centrally, uh, okay. like a, a central number ten underneath. Number 10. Yeah, sorry, uh, yeah. I was just thinking who. But but when they play with two strikers um, up top, then then it's him and and Jossie Zardes up top. Okay, that worries me a little bit then. 
Yeah, those are some good players. <laughs> yeah, uh, right in our right in our weak spot. Right. The CDMs kind of because I mean Rusnak's incredible, but he needs someone that that is focused on defense that actually wins balls and forces turnovers one way or another or errant passes and then he can flip the script on you guys but if he's not getting that partnership i uh, you, you guys might own the midfield and that's what we've been really seeing so yeah uh, it concerns me well dan we really appreciate you taking the time to be here with us and not just be a listener but be a participant in the show yeah uh you know all your years of um knowledge and work uh, have brought you to this moment. Um, it's a proud one for all of us. Uh, tell us more about the 18.com. All right. Yeah. Well, like you said, it's, it's a sort of a soccer lifestyle website. Um, you know, follow us all, all over. Um, you know, we've got, we've got a good Instagram account, got a good TikTok account. Uh, just look for uh, the 18 soccer uh, on those and you can follow us uh, or you can, check out our website at the18.com. And where can uh, we, we find you on uh, Twitter? Uh, you can find me at, at Daniel Boniface. So, and we'll have, we'll have a link to the, the 18 on, in the show description too. So look down, look down everybody. Cool. Yeah, and, and I know yeah. uh, at the CONCACAF, after the CONCACAF Champions League final, there was a, a super awesome article in the 18 on, on the, what do you say when it's a website? Is it on or is it in still? I, I say on, yeah. On, on the website in yeah, the paper. On, on the website. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was yeah, a great which article. also made it's made possible it. by by Cam also yeah, yeah. for helping host our writer out there. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, was I, tried to get him, I tried to get him really drunk, so it was skewed to our direction, but he <laughs> stayed unbiased. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only having a beer. Oh, uh, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks, Dan. We really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll have you on in the playoffs when both of our teams make yeah. a huge turnaround and we're in the uh, Western Conference Finals together. That's right. we got to be on the other side of this red line, right? Yep. Let's, Let's do it together. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Super awesome to have Dan Boniface of the18.com on with us. Uh, as he said, go check him out at Daniel Boniface on Twitter. Um, I have known Dan since 1994. So super, super cool after, uh, uh, what's that, almost 30 years <laughs> to, to have him come on the yeah, show. Wow. Um, just about. So, uh, you know, 30 years in the making, he's joined us on this show and, uh, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> it all led to the. It all led to here. It all led to here, as I said. <laughs> he's finally. He's finally made it. I'm in my freaking garage now. <laughs> since we didn't mention it in the opening scuttlebutt, we needed to do a little in scuttlebutt and talk about the fact that Dan's son Beckham, not only mm. a kick-ass Fortnite player, but is in the Rapids Academy. Um, you know, he's still leveled not... up since we last mentioned him. Yeah, yep. And so uh, he uh, he killed it at all of the uh, tryouts and is now in, in the Rapids Academy. So he is going to be. I, I honestly think I could, if he continues to progress at the way he's going, I could see him being a homegrown, uh, much like Obed. You know, fifteen, sixteen, mm -hmm. seventeen year old homegrown coming in to the Rapids and playing. Uh, and so the question will be, uh, 
how are we going to get them out to Seattle to dominate out here? That's that's my question. So there's that, and then also, I mean, we are clearly mentioning a player that no one really outside of Rapid, or they're in Rapid City. No, that's South <laughs> Dakota. They're in Denver. <laughs> wow, Denver, oh, the Rapids. Um, but we're mentioning him before the the rest of the world knows this guy, and he's yeah. Gonna, Beckham Beckham's gonna gonna be good, and that means we have pretty much carte blanche on interviews with probably MLS MVP in the future. Oh yeah, things no. like that. So we're just laying the groundwork for selfishly. When he gets sold <laughs> to a big uh, European club, we're expecting him to bring us along as like his oh. uh, his media team, right? Private jet to Madrid, baby. Yep. yep. Sit, sit in those tower suites. All in, yeah. Uh, get that, uh, you know, Barca money, PSG money, whatever it is. Uh, we'll get Messi on as your mentor. It'll it'll work out well. But yeah, I'll, uh, I'll you know I'll see Garth probably after uh, the game this weekend, and I'll I'll definitely mention him. Check out uh, Beckham Boniface over in uh, Colorado. It's time. It's time to get the youngest homegrown. He's here's the thing. I don't I don't want to give you a big head back head Beckham because I know how good you are. You know how good you are. No pressure, man. Have fun. Go out there. Do it. And uh, you're so good that you'll get there anyways. And I don't know you, but you're going to you're going to kick ass. Yeah. Yeah. So and and get and uh, get back on some Fortnite so we can play some uh, uh, some uh, group group squad matches. Yeah. So <sighs> we're leading into this weekend. Yeah. We haven't really talked about it. We did a little damn, but uh, we didn't talk about. Um, what we think the score is going to be. What we think is going to be. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm going to go one nothing Colorado. I hate to do it, but Oof. I just haven't. I don't see us having the ability to break through unless something changes, uh, either at left wing or forward, that uh, leads to better service um, or better shots. Nico had some comments after that last match that makes me feel. Um, as as team captain, not me, but Nico, um, that they're adamant about making it uh, a change, not a not a change, but no. a turn for the better. Uh, I like training I like, this week. I like to hear that. Yeah, I mean, his comments were basically like, "It's it's mentality. It's not it's not our body. We are not as a team functioning the way we should." Basically, I'm, I'm paraphrasing for sure, but basically, it's it's all mentality. We need to get in the right mindset. We need to train hard. We need to focus. We need to turn this around. Um, and that's and after he did three. That when he came in, right? Remember the first thing he did when he, he arrived. He wasn't part of the the regression the, right but he was part of the yeah he came in to the to promised land turned off the music in the locker room and said stop having fun we're losing it's fine to have fun when you're winning but we have to put in the work mm -hmm. so i'm good i'm i'm there for the let's go let's yeah, go nico so if that's if that's what he's done before he's got a, a track that's why he's captain right so mm -hmm. um that makes me feel but like it's not just uh, it'll it'll work out it'll work out um, it's no, that this needs to stop now. It seems like the mentality from our captain there, I've seen no reason to think that he can't lead this team and, and, and those players on the field and Schmetzer preaches and, and that's how he coaches. These, these are the, these players basically coach themselves. I guide them. <laughs> right. So I'm hoping for that. I will, we, we have to score. I don't, have we ever gone four matches without scoring? I don't think so, but. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Ah, 
probably I'd hate to say it one one right. get a point, but I I, I it's going to be one one or the dam breaks as Jackson said, and uh, it's three nail three one. But that it's going to have to be like that one goal really shifts something in all of them and these all start clicking so right, no like, one's clicking anywhere let's not forget that in the toronto match i mean toronto's not good of course but uh well they have two new players since then so things can start changing yeah. but uh in the toronto match everything clicked and that was with backups so mm-hmm. uh we can do it we just haven't been yeah for sure okay. so uh, i'll be more optimistic as usual uh, than you, but I also said the last time we played Colorado that we dominate. So I'm not going to quite say that. <laughs> uh, we gave them a goal. It wasn't credited uh, as an own goal, but it was on us in that last one. So you're going with the same scoreline as last time, and I'm I'm going to put my money on two to one, but I would be surprised one one. And I'm I got devastated, it, devastated if, I, if it's a shutout. And I'm, if I'm being and honest, I picked Colorado in the scuttlebutt pick them. Oh no! Well, yeah, I had well, to go. I had to go with what was more likely rather than what I felt. Like. I I understand. Well, yeah, that makes sense. But I can't. I can't click that checkbox ever. It's always the same. Same with Portland. I had. I went with Vancouver last time. Uh, in the pick'em, almost not wrong. Almost not wrong. Yeah, they drew almost the draw you won. I want zero zero draw between those two. Yeah, but, but I mean, um, it was. It, it took a late penalty for them to to draw. So almost sure. Vancouver win. Yeah. So yeah, scuttlebutt pickums going on. Uh, it'd be pretty late arrival, but it, it it's still fun. But yeah, what I should going. say is what we have what we have done, and so that link will be in the in the in the show description for joining the scuttlebutt pickum. Just to throw out a free form out there, and what if you just hit everything correctly and you get a hundred dollars at the end of the year? That could could be crazy. Yeah. But uh, we are doing our uh, scuttlebutt Discord, and yep. we have I think eight or nine now and growing. And a new member was today or yesterday. So uh, that is all we're doing basically throughout the week. Non, it, You're not cluttered with all your other Twitter and Instagram stuff. It's just if you want to go, you have a thought or tw- something you want to share. It's all just a room of, of Sounders fans. So we'd love to see that kind of grow. We kinda, we're going to ask you guys in the Discord, what do you want us to ask Jackson? And that that happened today. Uh, any guests that we might have, or even just us for a show. So anything you want us to bring up in the show, uh, or just some scuttlebutt off your podcast, you can uh, talk to us. So that'll be in the show description as well. Come join us. Fun yeah, and I promise I'll do better of being on the Discord. Yeah, you're on your phone enough, and the toilet. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like the perfect place for a, a Discord chat. Yeah, sitting on yeah. the toilet. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, this is a great show. I appreciate having Jackson on and, and, and Dan got some good combos with them. And uh, I think we should pull into port. Yep. Take it away, James. Oh, wait, we got to say away, who James. we are first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Aaron Lingley, and that is also my Twitter, A-A-R-O-N-L-A-N-G-L-E-Y. And I am on Twitter and on Instagram at legal. Minded Punk, L-E-G-A-L-M-I-N-D-E-D-P-U-N-K. And if you have any ideas of where, of cool stuff to see anywhere on the West Coast through the Southwest, basically through the South all the way to New Orleans and then back up in a triangle to Seattle, let me know because I'm going to spend the next month as soon as as I test negative for COVID, uh, probably the day or two after that, 
uh, me and my friend Charlotte are getting in a car and driving across this country and uh, going on a great adventure. So uh, definitely. Caverns is pretty cool. Yeah, just tell us tell us cool places to go, and we're gonna check it out. All right. Now, James, you may speak. You can follow the Sounders Scuttlebutt podcast on Twitter at SSFC Scuttlebutt. And for all inquiries, including questions for the gents or sponsorship opportunities, please email contact at scuttlebuttproductions.com. Be sure to subscribe to the show for new episodes following every Sounders FC match. And don't forget to share your feedback by rating and reviewing. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at BritVoxus. That's BritVoxUS. We'll see you at Lumen and go Sounders. Alexa, who's the best MLS team of all time? The Seattle Sounders are both unequivocally and the best MLS team of all time.